Hello, playful mumpreneurs. I hope you're all hanging in there and staying hopeful in what has been some very challenging times, particularly for us here in South Africa, but also around the world. I know that some of those of you in Sydney and Melbourne and Australia have been under strict lockdown, and I think the world in general, we're all feeling a sense of uncertainty. So whether it's from our kids' schooling schedules tomorrow to our whole vision for the future, there's just so much uncertainty in the world. So today I want to help you to feel a sense of certainty in your business and to inspire you to control what you can control in your business. So whether you're just getting started or you're way past that point, I think all of us could do with a bit more certainty, don't you think? So today, I'm going to be talking about the value of what I call sure thing work or sure thing money for a playful mompreneur. It's something that came up in my interview with Jennifer Locke in last week's episode, episode number 19. And Jen refers to it as the quick wins, the quick and dirty money, I love that one, and the low-hanging fruit. So let me play it back for you in Jen's own words so you can hear what we are talking about. It's okay to make some, get some quick wins under your belt and to like make some quick and dirty money. And if you have an idea just to follow through with it and kind of see what happens, even if that's not the way you're going to quote unquote run your business in the in the long call. But whatever you can do to get those quick wins under your belt and to feel confident in what you're offering and in and, and the way that you're serving people, get that out of the way as you know, as fast as you can and don't overthink it. You know, mm. just go for a kind of it's okay to go for the low hanging fruit. I'll say that of, of what's right in front of you in the beginning. Um, you know, and then as you build your confidence and you start to think more about like, okay, what do I actually want? What business would support me? It's okay to get the quick wins in the beginning, but don't stay mm-hmm. there too long. Be sure that you're um, valuing yourself and continuing to up level and acknowledging all of the valuable genius that you do bring to your space. Do you want to find joy in being both a parent and a business owner? Then come and play with us here at the Playful Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Tonkin-Smith, and I'm on a mission to help moms to start and grow their own businesses in a way that's as simple and as fun as child's play. Join me as I talk about things like playful productivity, tools and tech, and building a special kind of business, a business that supports your desire to be a fully present parent and to have the time and space to truly connect with your kids. You'll also hear from other mompreneurs and some dadpreneurs who are rocking this double gig of parenting and business ownership, with some of them even throwing homeschooling into the mix get the inside track on both their struggles and what's working for them. And then use that as inspiration for building your playful business. You ready? Let's play. I love this advice from Jen because it embodies so many of the aspects of play that I've been identifying on the Playful Mompreneur journey as I write my book. 
And one of the plays of a playful mompreneur that I'm going to be addressing in the book is Freedom Over Fear. And that chapter's turned out to be one of the longest because I think that freedom and then how you choose to use it is at the heart of entrepreneurship. But in the chapter, I write that you are free to take on gigs that offer this kind of sure thing money, even if they are not epically fulfilling or exactly the kind of work you want to be doing forever. So I'm talking about the kind of gig where you show up, you do your work, and you collect a rewarding amount of money at the end of the day. And so examples of this kind of work could be freelance gigs on sites like Fiverr, doing some contract work for your previous employer, or subcontracting to a colleague in your field. Is it the kind of work you want to be doing long term? Probably not. Is it earning you the money you need to keep on the playful mompreneur journey? Sure it is. And so that's how we like it. And as a cheerleader of mompreneurs, you know how much I want people to stay on the mompreneur journey. I'd I'd really far rather you stayed the course of entrepreneurship and took on a few jobs that were less than inspiring to you rather than feeling forced to go back into full-time employment because your dream business couldn't immediately sustain your financial needs. So that's why I think that we need to use this sure thing money and the sure thing kind of work strategically. Now, sure thing work will largely fall into what is called your zone of excellence rather than your zone of genius. And you know that I ask all my guests about what their zone of genius is. And so your zone of excellence is something that you're good at rather than something that's going to be thoroughly energizing to you and that looks like poetry in motion when you're doing it. That's your zone of genius, okay? So this sure thing money might not necessarily totally be in your zone of genius. And I will say that one of my other plays in the book is to focus on your zone of genius and try to work in your zone of genius more often than not. So by taking on sure thing work, are you going to be veering outside your zone of genius? Yes, you will be. But it's all in the name of the bigger, playful mompreneur life and your overall objective, which is really important. Your objective, your personal objective, not someone else's objective of how much money you should be making or how much time you should be spending on your business or or anything like that. So there will be times in your business when you need a quick injection of cash in order to continue building the business of your dreams, in order to keep working in your zone of genius. So I just want to encourage you, don't feel like you any less of a boss for taking on some sure thing work from time to time. Again, we're saying we're not going to stay there forever, but from time to time, you may need to take on some sure thing work. Now, I know this can be an unpopular opinion and some business coaches will say, go after your dreams and like, don't waste your time doing work that you're not totally passionate about. But I really don't think that playful mompreneurs need to get snobby about the work that they'll take on or feel a bit shy for accepting a project that might be considered mundane. If you want to take that on, take it on. 
You have the freedom to choose how you make your money. So do what works for you at the time. Of course, as Jen says, you don't want to stay there all the time. You'll be building your confidence. You'll be building your expertise. You'll be building your ability to read the minds of your ideal customers. And so you'll be able to up-level from that point by doing things like formalizing your packages, by clarifying your messaging and like rewriting your sales pages and your websites. Um, You'll be able to be pitching for the jobs that give you butterflies in your stomach, but that you really know you can do. And importantly, as part of that up-leveling, you'll be raising your prices because you'll be offering specialist kind of work. So you're starting with this sure thing kind of work, but then you're growing and you're up-leveling and so are your prices up-leveling at the same time. But I want to illustrate this point with a little bit of a story about child's play. So we're going to park business for a moment and I'm going to talk about play in children. So I want to ask you the question, what's a crowd pleaser game that you know your kids will enjoy every time? So I'm not talking about the game that's the latest craze at the moment. I'm talking about the game or toy that they keep coming back to, even as they get older. And you know everyone is going to have fun with it. So for my family, that game or that toy is playing with Duplo blocks. We have a gigantic box of Duplo that has now become a fixture in our lounge or our, what's also our homeschool now. <laughs> and, and we've just left it there. Uh, it's something of a trap. Uh, homeschoolers call this stewing. So you put an activity out as an invitation for the kids to play and to learn. And Duplo is a sure thing in our household. If things are going badly and we want them to do something that's not on a screen, then there's always Duplo. The boys love it and they make awesome creations with it. But now let's take my eldest as an example. He loves drawing. And in my unbiased motherly opinion, I think he's incredible at it. Sometimes he'll draw on his own and other times he'll follow a tutorial on the amazing Art for Kids Hub. Go and check it out on YouTube. They're amazing and Rob gives such great tutorials with his kids that draw along with him. And he's prolific. Anyway, we love watching those tutorials, but my son will also do his own drawings as well. And really just watching him... I would say drawing is certainly in his zone of genius. But some days he'll get frustrated that a drawing is not turning out like he wanted to, or he'll want to draw a really special uh, drawing for his dad. And And he gets frustrated then at that point. So like, I remember him drawing an owl that he was like, oh, it's too thin. And um, drawing the Pokemon Incineroar. I know about all these Pokemon. So the Incineroar, he tried to draw that and it was just too difficult and he got frustrated. And it's at those moments when I'll say, how about you just go and play some Duplo? Just take a break from drawing. And 
that's when it's just really nice to kick back and go and build something with Duplo. You know it's going to be really great and it's going to be fun and you're going to just play and there's less expectation. And even though it's not totally a zone genius thing, you know you can just show up and do it. And sometimes when we're in our zone of genius, yes, we're in the flow. Yes, we're doing something that's incredible. But sometimes there can be like quite a lot of expectation. And it's something that we feel we need to do really, really well. And so that's when this kind of sure thing work just is a welcome kind of... um it's not a distraction, it's just a welcome alternative to constantly working in our zone of genius. And so if we take that example of my son with his drawing, you know, he's totally genius at it, but some days it's just not, I think some days it's just not going to flow, you know. Sometimes you're you're not going to be in the flow in your zone of genius and that's okay. And the same is true in business. Sometimes you're going to need the business equivalent of playing with Duplo and knowing that, yes, it might not create the most epic, the most best creative thing, and you might not be having the most incredible fun of your life, but you can be certain that you'll create something really good, like really something that you know will look good and yeah, that actually will be creative and that, and that you will have fun. So it doesn't matter that it's not going to be the most memorable thing of your life. <laughs> and so in business terms, there's really something quite nice about being certain that you're going to get paid to do something that you're good at and that your client appreciates. And you know what? Sometimes this actually does enter into your zone of genius. I think oftentimes it does when we just let go and feel free to do this sure thing work. Often it's the sure thing work that opens up opportunities. And we'll hear from Jen in a minute of how her freelance work opened up other opportunities for her. So yeah, back to that well-meaning advice of follow your dreams and don't look back and Don't devalue yourself by doing work that's not truly your passion. It's well-meaning advice, but sometimes our dreams need a little bit of a time to mature and to reveal themselves. And let's be honest, sometimes our dreams need a bit of funding to buy them a ticket to the real world. And in both these cases, that sure thing work and that sure thing money comes in quite handy. But sure thing work can become a drudgery if, as Jane says, you stay there too long. So instead, as playful mompreneurs, let's use sure thing work strategically. And I believe there are three points in your business when sure thing work can be really helpful. I'm sure there's more that would come up and some of these would overlap, but The three places where I've identified sure thing work being really helpful are, number one, when you start in your business, when you're just getting started, you want something that's going to give you that safety blanket, that sure thing. Number two, when you need to buy some time. So this could be buying some time to learn something, to develop something, to just investigate and explore a new product, a new offering. Um, you can do that 
and then bring in the income with the sure thing work. Or if you want to take a sabbatical or like a maternity leave or something like that. So it by do having that sure thing work, you can do a bunch of sure thing work and then that buys you, you know, a month or two or three months of income and revenue in your business and that buys you time. And the third way that I have seen sure thing uh, work or sure thing money come in really helpful is when you need just that quick cash injection in your business. So it kind of links to that number two of buying some time, but this is like, so you're buying time with that money, but sometimes you need an actual cash injection into your business quickly. You need to go, I need money this month. I need this quick cash injection. So let's start and dive a little bit deeper into that first thing of how sure thing money can be helpful when you're starting your business. So I'm going to play back how Jen described her entry into the world of entrepreneurship and how this sure thing work helped her. Yeah, I had been exploring, I wouldn't say I've been like dipping my toe in the world of online business for quite a while, even before I had kids. Um, I didn't know much about it, but I saw people doing it and, you know, they seem to have like these great (laughs) incomes and like, so I would try to be like, how can I work from home? What can I do from home? What can I do? Because I knew having kids was going to be a part of our future. And I didn't see the careers I was in before I was an entrepreneur were not, they were wonderful, meaningful careers in education and in nonprofits. But if anybody has worked in any of those fields, you know that they don't pay very well. So, you know, I'm like, how can we, how can I somehow find a solution that's going to um, pay me well and honor me for my expertise and and whatnot, or or just that I can really grow into something that's going to support a family and it's going to be conducive to family life. So I'm not, you know, working and spending all my money on on childcare, basically. So I'd kind of begun to explore and, and poke around the world of online business Um, So I took a course on freelance writing and I just started pitching myself to all of these random places and did a lot of random stuff in the very beginning, SEO for, you know, law offices and just lots of random stuff that I did in the beginning. Um, I eventually connected with someone who wanted ghost written like thought leadership articles and we had a good connection. That person really seemed to appreciate what I was doing and what I was bringing to the table. And that person eventually asked if I would write a business book for them. And so I I took a leap and I said, yes, I had written fiction for a while before then I'd written several books. So I knew I could write a book and I wasn't like totally put off by the process of it. And so I did. And so I said yes to that. And I wrote it. I wrote it kind of quickly. It was like a period of a few months, but that book ended up being traditionally published. And I saw like, okay, this is my highest value skill that I can leverage and work with other people. So that's, that's how the business was born. Oh, so I think that is such juicy stuff there of how Jane got into the world of entrepreneurship and online entrepreneurship, how she used sure thing money and sure thing work to not only build her business, but then she actually connected with a person who 
needed her ghostwriting. So let's talk about that in a bit because I think that is so exciting that she was able to find this more purposeful and exciting work that she wanted to do through her sure thing work. So I believe, and I even entitled Jane's interview episode as the accidental entrepreneur, and I I kind of thought twice about that because there's not a lot of accidental things about Jane. She's so intentional with the way she runs her business and her life. She's very professional. She really owns her CEO-ness. And so I was like, is it right to call Jane an accidental entrepreneur? But I really do believe that the world of entrepreneurship found Jane. And it found Jane because of her playful mindset. She was not attached to any particular outcomes. Yet she had an objective or a vision of working from home and raising a family. And at that time, she had her twin baby girls. They're now five. And I'm recording this particular episode on the official due date for the arrival of Jen's third little girl. So who knows? There might be a baby pic on Instagram when I, when I finish recording. Very exciting. I can attest to relying on that sure thing work when I started my own business. It was 11 years ago. But when I did, I did contract work for my previous employer for at least six months after I left, maybe even more. And then they'd still contact me from time to time with with other offers of work. And look, I can tell you I'm I'm not doing that work anymore (laughs) 11 years later. But that was a really great opportunity for me to get set up in business with a bit of a safety blanket, knowing that I had some work from them and it was mutually beneficial. So this is also an example of where you can strategically use sure thing work to buy you some time. So it, in my case, it helped me get started in my business, but it also bought me the time I needed to connect with new clients, to get clear on the kind of work I really wanted to be doing, and to learn. Sure thing work might help you to buy the time that you need to do a big project. So maybe you want to develop an online course, or like in my case at the moment, to write a book. And then you can either be doing that sure thing work sort of parallel to this big project in parallel, work that you know that you don't have to do a lot of selling to get, that you can just approach a client and, you know, maybe it's a past client and just get the work in and say, I can, you know, do some freelance writing for you, like in Jane's case. And at the same time, you do in that passion project building that big asset, like in my case, the book, or as I say, maybe you want to do an online course or um, something along those lines, launch a new offer that you need to work on. So you can buy yourself some time, either ahead of time or because this um, this type of work is a little bit, a little bit on autopilot for you, you can be doing it at the same time as as your passion project or your big project that you're working on. And then I want to really talk about this. Did you notice that in Jen's example, by doing freelance writing, even though, as she said, it was random and she was doing 
work for, you know, law offices and areas that she wasn't really, um, she didn't know the content area, but she's a good writer, so she could do the writing, but it was random. But even though it was random, that was the way she connected with the person who became her first ghostwriting client. And that was when like a light bulb went off for Jen and she realized that ghostwriting was the highest value skill that she could offer clients. So in this way, her sure thing work led her to the work that she really wanted to be doing. And I think that if she hadn't been playful about her sure thing work, she may not have discovered this opportunity or or at least she would have taken longer to discover it. And I also just want to mention that the beauty of sure thing work is that it doesn't have to define your brand in the long term. So you can feel free to dip in and out as you need to, knowing that your business has an additional revenue stream that you can activate when you need it. And so that brings me to the third way that you can strategically use this sure thing work to bring some certainty into your business in a very playful mompreneur kind of way. So when you need a quick and certain cash injection into your business, then you take on some sure thing work. So as an example, I have a website design client who uh, developed their website several years ago, but then they contact me each year to do an update to their website. It's for an annual event. And so Although it's not my absolute favorite work and the client is not my typical ideal client, it's great to have the source of revenue that I know comes each year. And also, truth be told, it's sometimes refreshing to just click into work that I know I'm good at and that I'm familiar with. And while I love launching new products, I love doing new things, I love helping new groups of clients, I love writing books and generally putting myself out there, there is a point where all that like launching and new stuff gets rather exhausting. And that's when it's really great to do some sure thing work. And as I say, it's it's kind of in your zone of excellence, but I think there is an element of zone of genius there as well. So I've also seen mompreneurs use their existing assets to bring in some sure thing money. So like when they take in maternity leave or to perhaps fund a sabbatical or something like that. So these assets are things like online courses, templates, maybe recordings of live classes that they've done and run in the past. And then they've got the recording that they can sell as a masterclass. And Jen mentioned her digital products and courses She's got those available for aspiring authors, including Book in Six, and that's a calendar structure to outline the whole book writing process. She's put it on a calendar and put what you do day by day to have a manuscript written in six months. So I'll leave a link to that in the show notes, by the way, if you are interested in that. But I'm sure in her business, now with her maternity leave coming up, I'm sure Jen will be using the income from these products that she's got and that will be part of her maternity leave income, that cash injection that she needs in during maternity leave. And I think in these cases, 
this is where an engaged platform like an email list or a very loyal social media following will help. So it is for the more advanced in terms of years and in terms of list building mompreneurs out there. But I also do think that this could work with like a direct outreach to your past clients or to collaborators who'd be willing to help you publicize these products that don't need you in it all the time, but that you can put out into the world and get some kind of, uh, uh, just a cash injection, a boost, a launch of a particular product. And I've also heard of a few entrepreneurs approaching this in a kind of closing down sale type of model. So if you've got content that you're planning to retire, so, um, you know, it might be a bunch of templates or a, or a course that, that you may be moving in a different direction and you're actually retiring this bunch of content that is not part of your brand anymore, but is still useful. So then you could introduce a bit of authentic urgency by telling people that this will be the last time that they'll be able to get their hands on this particular content. And it doesn't even have to be a content-based thing. It could be the last time that they'll be able to take you up on a particular service package. So maybe it's the last time as a coach you're offering power hours and you're going to be moving to like a you know six-month program only or a three-month program only. Uh, this could introduce a nice bit of authentic urgency and you have this like flash sale uh, or a, you know a quick sale and you get this cash injection into your business. And this I also class as this kind of really certain sure thing money. And as I say, there is some investment in terms of list building in some cases, but I also do think you could then go and reach out to past clients and go, I'm doing this for the last time. Are you interested? I wanted to let you know, because then it's a really authentic sell as well. It's like, I really didn't want you to miss out. And you can approach all your past clients directly with that kind of an offer. So all of these are examples um, of sure thing money. So some of them are, let's just put it in quotation marks, more mundane things that, um, and I think, you know, they might seem mundane to you because you're just so good at it and you can just you know, as I say, click in and do the work. But they might not seem mundane to other people and they might seem a real hassle in their lives and something that's really difficult for them to do. So you're still providing immense value in in, in that kind of sure thing work. Um, but it's the sure thing that you know you can do this. You don't need to learn about it. You don't need to buy extra products. You don't need to research it. You can just click in and do the work and get paid for it. Um, but it can also be products and assets that you've still got, all the resources that you have access to. Those sure things bringing certainty into your business. Isn't that just like wonderful? Even saying the word certainty gives me a feeling of like joy in my body. So I want to play one last clip from Jen in closing just because I want you to see this playful attitude that she brought in this sure thing work that then helped her to build the business that she has today. So here's Jen. So, you know, in saying no to other things, I was kind of like, I didn't necessarily know what I was saying yes to, but I was essentially turning toward the thing that 
gave me the most excitement and, and brought me the most joy, even if I didn't know what that was eventually going to look like. So I always wanted to be an author. The word entrepreneur, you know, until recently, like meant nothing to me. <laughs> it didn't, it, it wasn't like the path I saw myself going on. But um, now I've kind of merged that. And even authors who are, you know, just writing under their names, like they're really entrepreneurs too. So Jen allowed herself some time to play with the idea of online entrepreneurship, following the path that gave her the most excitement and brought her the most joy, even if she didn't know exactly where that was going to lead her. She knew she wanted to be an author and she had a background in teaching and nonprofit work. And she hadn't even dreamed of becoming a business owner. But by following the excitement, following the joy, by playing, she has built a business with multiple revenue streams that is a place where she can work in her zone of genius and pursue her passions. And that gives her the freedom to be a fully involved parent. So I really just want to encourage you with that of if you are feeling a bit unclear, feeling a bit uncertain about the next moves you need to make in your business, I want you just to let go a little bit. Said from a person who needs to take her own advice. Let go a little bit and play. As Jen did, she didn't quite know where this road was leading her, but she followed the excitement. She played. And in that playfulness, she found her clarity. And so if for some reason you're wondering why you should play in business, I've made a whole list of reasons why playful mompreneurs should be playful mompreneurs. And and one of those is for clarity, for getting clarity on what it is that you actually want to be doing in your business. So I know these are uncertain times and I think in following the sure thing money, it's going to lead you towards that certainty, to that clarity, but you need to take action. And I think the easier way to take that action is through the work that you know you're good at, the sure thing work that you know people will will be able to pay you for, happily pay you for, and that you can get very easily. Um, The other reason why I think you should be playing is for learning. As you play, so you get your clarity, it's more mental clarity, but you also learn so many things and you build up your expertise. You learn how to be a business owner. You learn that you want to be a business owner. And the other part of this interview and the lessons that Jen's taught us is that you play for inspiration and for motivation. So to be inspired to actually start this business, to get going in that business, and then to continue the road, even when it is feeling a little murky and uncertain. If you have this mindset of play, you will then be motivated to stay the journey and to just be curious to see, oh, what's next on this journey? And in doing that, in taking on the opportunities that come to you, you will start forming that vision of your dream business and you will be walking 
further and closer towards that complete dream business where you're working in your zone of genius almost 100% of the time, where you are not overworking, that that perfect dream business. But for now, <laughs> in the meantime, before we arrive at that perfect business, that doesn't really exist. In the meantime, let's enjoy the journey. Let's take on the work that is available to us, that comes easily to us, that is that sure thing kind of work, and that actually builds towards that dream business that each of us are building. I'm so excited to hear what you thought about this episode. I'm so excited for your business. And I really have been trying to tap into my motivations for the book, for the podcast. And one of those things is to see other mompreneurs taking action in their business and being inspired by what I'm sharing. So if you have been inspired by what I've shared in this podcast, please will you drop me an email at podcast at playfulmompreneur.com or go and find me on Instagram at Shelly Smith Creative. And that's where you'll be able to also just, I'll put up announcements of the next episodes. But the other thing is to go and subscribe to my email list at playfulmompreneur.com. So go to playfulmompreneur.com. You'll see all my episodes there and then you'll see a place to sign up to my email list. And then I'll send you lots of extra stuff as well as informing you about the podcast. I'll also leave Jen's details in the show notes as well, but you can find her at Jennifer Locke Writes on Instagram, and that's Locke with a, an E, L O C K E, and jenniferlockwrites.com as well. So thank you to Jen for your inspiration, wishing you all the best with the arrival of your new little girl, and just sending so much love and light to all of you listening. Thank you. It really is an honor to me that you are listening to the Playful Mompreneur podcast. For now, it's goodbye from me, Shelley Tonkin-Smith. Bye. That's the end of our Mompreneur Playdate today, but come again soon. Subscribe and tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. But the best way to make sure that you don't miss an episode and to get free bonus content is to get onto the Playful Mompreneur email list at playfulmompreneur.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. So head to playfulmompreneur.com and sign up there. And then playing is even more fun with friends, right? So please share the Playful Mompreneur podcast with all your mompreneur friends by sending them over to playfulmompreneur.com or tell them to search the Playful Mompreneur on Apple Podcasts or wherever they listen to podcasts. You can also help me to spread the word by leaving a favorable review on Apple Podcasts. I'd absolutely love that. Thanks so much for tuning in, spreading the word, and most of all, being playfully and wonderfully you. Now it's time to go off and be a playful mompreneur.